Hi, you're listening to the Professional Speaks podcast with me, Craig McKellar, your host. As an ex-Big Four auditor for six years, I now run a specialist recruitment consultancy called McKellar Consulting. Throughout this podcast, I speak to senior leaders from the professional services community, past, present and future. These leaders work in accounting and finance, audit, tax, corporate finance, consulting, legal and investments. In the comfort of their own office, I will be posing questions to our guests to gain insights from them across a variety of topics, including balancing work and life, mental health and mindset, risk-taking and effective leadership. These insights will help us learn, be inspired, grow and ultimately succeed in what we want to achieve in our careers. Here's what's coming up on today's episode. And then it's just softer stuff, being around an office, yeah. seeing how people conduct themselves, seeing how they approach really quite complex issues mm-hmm. where you know nobody really knows the answer at times, yeah. you know, like how do we work through this? So the subtle things people have done mm-hmm. um, that you can look up and go, okay, I see that's quite effective mm-hmm. and I want to try and emulate that um, mm-hmm. and you start to kind of do it in your own way. Today I am joined by James Hamilton, who is an audit partner in a large mid-tier firm who started off his career in the Big Four. In today's episode, we discuss the mindset needed for partnership or for anyone being an owner of a business, as well as networking, private equity, AI, and much, much more. Well, James, uh, thanks very much for getting involved in, in this podcast that I'm launching. Pleasure. Um, and how are you today? We're on a Tuesday. Pretty good, yeah, we're in the countdown to Christmas, so that's all all good. Good, good. Uh, Well, I appreciate your time that you're taking out for this as well. Um, So just for listeners and and viewers of this who who maybe don't know you, so you are currently an audit partner at John Sakara Michael, so a large mid-tier firm of around 900 people, um, which is also part of the Moore Global Network and has people spread across the UK. Um, Could you just tell us a bit about, I guess, your, your career? Yeah, no, happy to. So, as I say, I'm a partner, audit partner with John Michael, um, and I've been working in the audit profession for, gosh, about 17 years now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's quite hard to remember how it started, but it's good, <laughs> it's a good, uh, good to go back and, and kind of reflect on that. So I started uh, with Baker Tilly, mm-hmm. my graduate uh, traineeship there. It was 2006. So I came straight from uni into that and, um, you know, enjoyed that three years. It was quite varied. Mm-hmm. I worked on quite a lot of uh, kind of small or managed businesses, a lot of housing association audits, uh, and uh, got quite a lot of responsibility early on. Even did a brief secondment uh, into industry as well, British okay. Airports Authority. Uh, and even a, a trip to Italy, I remember that. That was, that was a bit of a highlight <laughs> uh, for an audit. So enjoyed that. And... And then I qualified in 2009, just as the financial mm. crash happened. So, you know, that feels like a distant memory, I mm-hmm. have to say. But at that point, we went down to a four-day working week. Um, and, and so that made me think, actually, maybe I should have a look at what, what was out there at, at that point in the market. And I um, was wanted to stay in audit because I felt I still had quite a lot to learn. And that post-qualified period, I feel like you learned quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly did. So fortunately, EY were recruiting uh, at that time and I managed to, to get a job with EY in Glasgow 
in their corporate audit team and you know, initially saying, I'll stay for two years, <laughs> you know, and then I'll move into industry, which is, you know, much more, I guess, like there was more of an allure about that. Um, and then, you know, I was there eight and a half years later yeah. <laughs> before <laughs> left as a senior manager, had a really good time. Um, lots of fun memories working there mm-hmm. and then moved over to John Sucre Michael and uh, it's been a really very interesting good variety in the last five and a half years that I've been here um, mm-hmm. and made partner as well at that time so yeah it's um, it's been good so brilliant so, so it's all been an audit so when did you kind of want to be in, in audit or when did you know you wanted to work in audit then was it at university yeah it was probably actually universities you do all the milk crowns and mm. you know you speak to people and i think what stood out from an audit perspective was you'd get quite a lot of variety mm-hmm. you know, every day or you'd get a mix of clients and industries and uh yeah i wasn't really sure so i was, I was probably the first person in my family to go into accounting mm-hmm. so again from from a kind of background perspective, I didn't necessarily have family to kind of to kind of ask, so mm-hmm. I was really basing it off what I was hearing from people at university and uh, yeah. people from firms that came and spoke to us. So I quite liked the appeal of, of maybe being seen as more of a general um, mm-hmm. kind of training ground, uh, and that that was that was a good uh, sort of bedrock uh, to get into, and I've just kind of stayed yeah so so i mean you've also stayed because you've you've enjoyed it you know if you think about that i think about your audit career and maybe what's stopped you going into industry or or whatever um you know what would you say you enjoy about about working in external audit yeah i think the variety is is massive you know no two days are really the same Mm -hmm. in audit um Yes, you you'll have clients that you'll go back in and visit again, and, and there'll be similarities in the nature of work. But the number, see the number of people you meet from different walks of life. Yeah. You know, every day you're engaging with people who have got a real different backgrounds. I mean, even here, you know, we've got people who have you know gone down the traditional university route. Some have come straight from school. Uh, others have relocated from you know the far far parts of the, the world. Like mm. we've got some of the team are from Malaysia, some from South Africa, and even Barbados. <laughs> They've all moved to Glasgow, and it's just that variety that you get um, internally with the team that, that mm-hmm. I really enjoy. And of course, you're out talking to people about their businesses mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. about the issues they're facing, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of like technical challenges that come. So mm-hmm. I feel like you're constantly learning mm-hmm. in audit. You you've always got new people joining your team uh, yep. every year with an intake so you're you're trying to foster a good team environment um so and i just i think if you've got a good open mind uh, in terms of working with people and you like kind of working in teams and i've always enjoyed that yeah then you know it's a good place to be and and generally audit teams uh, if we talk about that you know the average age is probably uh, around about 30 or mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um so it's quite young uh, yeah. team, so there's usually a good amount of energy amongst yeah. the team, um, and so people like to socialise together as well. So it's a good, it's a good place to, to learn and, and develop, and that's certainly been mm-hmm. in my experience. But I think as well, one of one of the things when you go into certain firms and create your career, there's always some real good role models mm-hmm. within professional services firms, mm-hmm. and you know 
I can think of you know, a number of people who throughout my career I've been able to look at and say, oh, I'd quite like to, to do what they do. And it's very achievable because of the, uh-huh. the hierarchical structure, the promotions, so you can aim for that. Uh-huh. Um, and people are, you know, invest time in you and they take a genuine interest in your own career. So, you know, those, those relationships are great and you have those kind of informal yeah. you know, role models. Yeah, so working for senior people who effectively are a role model is maybe an aspect of, of what you enjoy about yeah. audit and professional services. Um, what about those people kind of made them a role model, you know? Yeah, I think it's how they all have like sort of different attributes. Some of them it's how you, know, you set a client meeting and it can be quite difficult and you're maybe, you know, can go back and I think of a few examples where this could be quite tense, mm. you're a junior person and you just see how they handle it, mm-hmm. how they ask the right questions, you know, it's you know, maybe quite a difficult message they've got to give and how they tactfully mm-hmm. try and do that. So you learn quite a lot in terms of how people handle that client service aspect uh, and also kind of balance, you know, the audit quality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, needs, which is, is really important. So it, it's good to see that. And then it's just softer stuff being around an office, yeah. seeing how people conduct themselves, seeing how they approach really complex issues uh-huh. where you know nobody really knows the answer at times yeah. you know, like, how do we work through this so the subtle things people have done um, uh-huh. that you can look up and go okay I see that's quite effective uh-huh. and I want to try and emulate that um, uh-huh. and you start to kind of do it in your own way yeah and yeah that's that's good so the other side is you know you act you then act as a coach for the people coming through so uh-huh. I'm just trying to coach them as well in a way mm-hmm. and, and let them make their own mistakes if you mm-hmm. like and learn their own um, yeah. learn from their own experiences mm-hmm. rather than just telling them here's a blueprint for how you have to do it yeah. it's, it's interesting that you you know you mentioned that you look at people and what you can learn from them in terms of soft skills so I think a lot of people in professional services I, I don't think many people do that, you know, in terms of, um, you know, look at how somebody tackles a situation or whatever and how can I learn from that? You know, is there anything in your, your background or your makeup and, and that would maybe make you place an importance on that? Because ultimately, you know, you have ended up getting to partner where you need all these skills. So was it that early on in your career you thought, I want to be a partner and I know that I need to have skills more than, you know, technical knowledge, I need to have soft skills and therefore I'm going to watch senior people or is it just an interest you had for maybe another reason? Yeah, I mean, just in terms of the, the point you touched there about oh, when when do you want to be a partner, I mean, it, I think that, I don't think there's a right answer to that. You know, some people will say very early on in their career, that's what they want. Uh-huh. I think for me, you know, it was probably only when I made the move to John Michael that I really, or at the time I was, I was considering there, I was like, right, I really want to stay in audit. Uh-huh. Um, and I was a senior manager at that point. And clearly, you know, you, you've got a clear pathway yep. then at that point. So when I came to John Michael, there was an opportunity to, to push for it, but you know, there was no guarantees. Uh-huh. You had to really work hard to deliver for it. So there's probably not really one thing you can point to and say, oh, I did this and that, that ultimately got me there. I think you have to balance it up between it as 
a service it provides. So client services is important. You've got to be able to build relationships with people. Um, and, you know, there isn't like a special formula. It's just mm-hmm. you've got to connect with folks. Yeah. You've got to show an interest in them. Um, you then need to work pretty hard. But it's not just about putting the hours in. You know, it's, it's about being effective with that. So mm-hmm. it's quite a few different things and the market's changed a lot as well so sometimes it is like you know the right time right place and being mm-hmm. able to, to take advantage of that so mm-hmm. i think for me it was really just when i decided i wanted to stay mm-hmm. in practice and within audit it was coming to a firm like johnson michael that i thought actually there's a real opportunity there mm-hmm. um, and just managed to to take advantage of that mm-hmm. to be honest and um, and and just also, just as you were talking about, you know, watching what you can learn from people in terms of soft skills, you know, would you advise those that, you know, are earlier on in their career to do to do more of that maybe if they aren't at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're working in an organisation and you've got, I mean, you have access to pretty senior people. I think that, that's one of the, the great things about professional services mm-hmm. is that from the early stages of your career, you do get expose exposure to senior people yeah. in an organization and the organization and quite often at clients as well mm-hmm. and you can learn a lot from how they think how they conduct themselves so you know it's making the most of that you know and, and not being scared to to go and approach them and mm-hmm. speak to them ask them some questions you know it's um take advantage of that opportunity would be my advice they're often pretty happy to to talk to you and yeah. give you, you know, a bit of advice along the way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I always think that's a, you know, that's pretty unique. You don't mm-hmm. get that in every organisation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly, you know, in industry, I would, I would say it's not always, mm-hmm. you know, as you don't get as much uh, mm-hmm. exposure. Mm-hmm. And a firm like us, you know, we've got like sixty-five partners or so. Um, so you know, across the whole yeah. business, the nine hundred and fifty people you're going to have interactions and access with senior people in, uh-huh. in the organisation. Um, so, you know, get as much as you can out of that. Out of them, so, yeah. yeah. And and now that you are one of those senior people, you know, you are a partner now, um, how, has it, how is it different from being, you know, a director? You know, you're now obviously self-employed, you know, kind of co-owner of a business. If we're, if we're talking about mindset, you know, has your, is your mindset different now as a partner as it was before? Um, I, I would say it, it, it probably, well, on one hand, one day you're an employee, the next day yeah. you're a partner. <laughs> and so this probably takes a bit of time to process that. Mm-hmm. And so I would, for me anyway, I don't think overnight you go, right, okay, today I'm a business owner and I'm going to yep. do things differently. It's probably you got there because of what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. So continuing what you were doing mm-hmm. is right. But from a mindset point of view, you, you do probably start to think more about the wider firm than, mm-hmm. you know, this, maybe your team, mm-hmm. your role within that. So you start to think about, you know, how, what's their approach to maybe the market here? What's their strategy? Um, how are we looking after our people and they have an input before but I think mm-hmm. you can then have a you've got a voice at the table to mm-hmm. try and shape some of that policy mm-hmm. so things start to change um, you do also probably feel a bit of pressure at times mm-hmm. in terms of 
you know, you've got a lot of people in your team yeah. and therefore you want to make sure that there's good interest and varied work for them to do. Mm-hmm. But some people will thrive in, in, under that environment. And again, you know, when you've got such a big team of peers and other business owners in, in the partnership model, you, you know, you don't all need to be superstars in every, you know, one of those like yeah. pillars, if you mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you're going to be stronger in some, and so it's making sure that everybody's playing to their strengths, so mm-hmm. you get the the most out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you, you do f- probably feel a bit more personally attached in terms of you know wanting the firm to be very successful, mm-hmm. um, and so you're you're probably always driving to try and make sure that you know the decisions that mm-hmm. are getting made are in the best interests of of the firm mm-hmm. ultimately so you probably feel you know i guess partner furniture even more so you know being a being a partner because you know you you kind of own part of the business um but would you say so that mindset is, is clearly you know going to be different to when you're not um, a co-owner um mindset in terms of maybe commerciality and um I guess uh, helping teams grow and things. Would you say that's similar when you're when you're director, um, or 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 was it quite different? Like you know, did you maybe have that mindset as a director because you were on this journey to become a partner? Yeah, I, I think in the context of audit for me, it's probably been fairly similar, mm-hmm. and that's probably a product of you know we're overseeing leading a team, you know the actual responsibilities on, on engagement would be similar mm-hmm. um, but you're now responsible or have an input on the overall firm policy and, and that's probably where you know there is the change that you can you have that voice to influence you know the, yep. strate- the strategic direction that we take mm-hmm. um, which does make you think more commercially mm-hmm. um, but again the way the way we've operated is you've had that voice anyway, so you know you can talk to again. It goes back to building approachable. You know you can you know come with an idea or a suggestion, or yeah. actually I think we should be doing more of this in this space, and um, or let's focus more on this sector, mm-hmm. which is what we've done here. You know, so like you know focus on food and drink, mm-hmm. particularly or financial services or technology, and really you know drive. It would contribute to the, maybe the growth in that area. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think you have to really you have to be invested into it um, to want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to switch off as yeah. well. But mm-hmm. you know, it's um, you can't. Uh, basically, I guess with with partner, can you basically turn your phone off and go away for two or three weeks and not ans- and be uncontactable? Probably not. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you know people would necessarily want to do that. So, but you know, it's but, about managing that. Yeah. Well, you obviously you know deal with clients and and sometimes deal with business owners. You know, managing directors and and you know, owners ma- owner managed businesses. You know, do you feel that uh, being a partner, you're able to relate to them better, maybe because now now you're a co-owner of a business. Um, it, yes, I think you, you could. You can start to have conversations around well, when we're managing our business. It definitely like comes up conversation. You can be talking to a client, and you know you're very much hearing some of the challenges they've got. And you're like, well, that's exactly the challenges we mm-hmm. have. Or mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting because there's, there's a lot of synergies there. Yeah. 
Um, so I think it, it does help. Um, I, I think just the firm we are, you know, we're quite owner managed orientated. So we're obviously an owner managed firm ourselves. And as a result, you know, I think we've got quite an entrepreneurial mindset. And I, I uh-huh. think that there's naturally a bit of chemistry when we talk to our clients about how they run their businesses to, to the conversations we have about our own businesses. Uh-huh. Great. No. Um, and, you know, being a, a business owner, like you're saying, you know, can I switch off for two or three weeks? Probably not. And, and you know, I'd be the same, you know, in my own, own business. Um, so it's very true. In terms, of maybe something that people don't think about is like a support network as well. So when you make that step to partner, like you said, like you said before, you know you feel there's a bit more pressure on you, um, and you're more invested in it, and you know you're self-employed now. Yeah. Um, so you know that's kind of got repercussions as well. Um, would you advise people to think about a support network when they are looking to go into partnership, and it might not be. You know, family, but it might it might it might be you know other types of loved ones and yeah. friends and, and and even colleagues and people that work at other firms. Would you advise people going into partnership and maybe not just an audit, but in anything that they should have a support network? Oh, definitely, yeah. we all need a support yeah. network of sorts. I mean, I think interestingly for here, you know, if you're going to be a partner in a firm. I think when you've got like when the pandemic kicked in, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about business survival mode at that point. Now, I wasn't a partner at that point, but I know the partners here at the time had to basically put a lot of focus and a lot of energy into mm-hmm. making sure there was a business there yeah. to go through, and that was the same for yeah. every single one of um, our clients at that point. It was mm-hmm. about how do we survive, how do we get this business through. So there's definitely, you know, that is a yeah. A big bit of pressure that comes, and you can't. You need people that understand that, you, mm-hmm. know? you know. So, whatever your family relationship is, you know, you need like a support network that are mm-hmm. prepared to to understand that. You, you know, if you've got kids, help out with yeah. that and, yeah. and help you manage that. Um, but I think it kind of comes back to for me, right? You know, I guess we're talking about the family side, and you know, there's mm-hmm. we might go into like work life balance, but you know, it's been really clear, I guess, what the expectations are. Yeah. And then just clear communication on how to be, how are we going to make this work? How are we going to juggle, uh-huh. you know, the work and the home life? Um, and as long as you kind of have those conversations, then I think that is key. Uh-huh. You know, it, the other thing as well is, yeah, we talk a lot about work-life balance and what's important. Uh, you know, it's I think for me anyway, it's like, you know, you can't work 24 seven, right? You mm-hmm. know, because you'll burn out. Yeah. And when you get tired, you start to make mistakes and mm-hmm. you have know, two young kids. So you want to basically spend time with them as yeah. well and be you know, a good hands-on uh, dad and role model to them. So it's, it is about just working, working through things to say what works for you as an individual. Um, and how do you kind of get that balance right? Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be good to get your thoughts on, you know, work and life balance, you know, you've just mentioned it. So, um, you know, people think work and life balance maybe in different ways, you know, kind of how do you think about it, especially being a partner as well? Yeah, I, I think um, I think it changes, right, over, over yeah. your career, right? So I guess, you know, for me, 
at the stage I'm at right now, my definition of work-life balance will be totally different to what I was mm-hmm. when I started, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a, a trainee mm-hmm. and even through different stages, you know. But yeah, like if I go back to this, even though I was a qualified uh, account, chartered accountant with EY, you know, I played amateur football, we had training. I just wanted to make sure, you know, I enjoyed doing that. Mm-hmm. It was a way to see my friends. Yeah. So for me, it was important that I made training every week and I played in the game. So I just made sure I worked around that. Mm-hmm. Now I've got two young kids who are six and three. So it's important that, you know, I'm able to do like, you know, drop-offs in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like do pickups from some of their clubs and then the weekends, you know, are very much like family time. Mm-hmm. So that balance works, but as they get older, that'll change again. Yeah. You know, but I think the great thing is in professional services in particular year, you, it's flexible. Mm-hmm. So you can be a bit of a master of your own destiny. You know, you can kind of manage your diary as it becomes, it's much more output driven now. You mm-hmm. know, it's about, it's not necessarily about presenteeism, you know, mm-hmm. we're all hybrid working, yep. you know, so, seeing who stays late in the office was maybe, you know, potentially more common uh, back yeah. you know, b- before the pandemic struck, mm-hmm. you know, and that would be often oh, somebody staying late, they're putting extra hours in, but it, it's not really, you know. Like that anymore. It's not like mm-hmm. that, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, mm-hmm. But it comes back to, you just need to find out what, what works for you, what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I do, I mean, I try and run quite a lot, right? Yeah. So. I think that helps me um, try and just clear your head a bit. So, mm-hmm. so you find that you can switch off, you know, even though you're a partner, you can switch off um, to spend time with your family at the weekends or to go yeah. running or Definitely. football or whatever. Um, obviously, you're there if anything comes up, it's urgent. And, and maybe that's, you know, you make yourself accessible in, in that sense, but you can switch off other yeah. than that so you feel that you're having a healthy balance. Yeah, I think you gotta have you gotta understand where the I guess the boundaries are, right? Because I mean we're all contactable on our our phones all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So you know your emails are going, and there's a tendency to want to just respond straight away. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're out of hours with your family, you Mm -hmm. know it's it's been present in the moment is a good Mm -hmm. mindset to Mm -hmm. have and. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife will often tell me if I start to go on the phone, she's like, can you be present with us? So I get told the same things, <laughs> especially <laughs> and, at dinner yeah, time. It's, <laughs> it's, good, it's good to kind of have that, that reminder and just mm-hmm. think about actually, yeah, I can wait, I can deal with that mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. As long as you're like dealing with it, um, it's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you've got young children, as you, know, you do as well, Craig, mm-hmm. you know, they don't care. If no. you've got an important client deadline or if um, <laughs> you know, you've got a big day of meetings ahead and you know, they are very much like, you know, demanding yeah, and absolutely. Your time. So it's very easy to switch off from mm-hmm. that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very true, James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, no, kid, kids do demand your 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 time, uh, just just like you said. Um and therefore you, you can switch off e- yeah. e- easily. Well, the other thing that works for me is, let's say I mentioned running, right? You know, I just think the exercise. Mm-hmm. I always remember when I became a director here, um, so our chair at the time, Sandy Manson, you know, he was really good at like inspirational, uh, like inspiring, motivating okay. you. 
um, a kind of really good role model from that from that sense. And um, he, I remember he said, you know, when you become a director, you're you know business leader, you need to be fit, you know, mentally and physically uh-huh. to make sure that you know you're protecting the firm uh-huh. and, and protecting the team and look and helping the firm grow. So you know that is there's that aspect to it right but there's also just like you feel so much better like, yeah you know, yeah I, I i definitely buy into this and i know a lot of people speak to do as well yeah it's quite hard in the cold winter that's freezing this week right uh-huh. but to go out for a run you never feel like oh i wish i hadn't gone for that run after afterwards it. yeah you always feel mm-hmm. good and it doesn't need to be a big distance but it just helps me clear my head and something you go back to a problem and it you can actually think about clearer and, mm-hmm. and solve it to be honest so mm-hmm. I mean, mental health is something that wasn't really, I don't remember it being spoken about when I started in audit, you know, uh, over 10 years ago. Um, but in the last, what, five or so years, it's, it's come into mainstream and corporate world a lot more, which is fantastic because I think particularly in professional services, it's such a demanding job, does require a lot of hours. Sometimes you can, you, you, could, you could do the work for 24 hours uh, if you if you didn't need to sleep um but it's not healthy for you um so is, so running is one way for you to yeah. clear your head um you know is there anything else you do to keep on top of your mental health and, yeah. and make sure it's not affecting you kind of negatively yeah i, I, I mean the, the thing that we do here right and it's every firm will be that be similar is you know if you have a, a challenging issue or stressful situation with the client you talk to your colleagues about uh-huh. it um, and you'll say what about this or this is the challenge and you work it through with them uh-huh. and I would say that 99% of people I've ever worked with have always been really good at just being a good sounding board Yeah. so that that's probably one of the biggest support mechanisms you have within a firm and I think that's quite different as well if you go into say industry uh-huh. you, know, you, you might have a much smaller team of qualified accountants at that mm-hmm. point so mm-hmm. being able to have those discussions they probably tend to go to their auditor or their mm-hmm. tax advisor for that support whereas you know when you're in-house you've got you know a team of people you can you can go to so that that is pretty key so talking just so, communication talking, communication openness, you know open yeah. up and about it not letting stuff get bottled up um the other thing right in this kid <laughs> i'm not like uh not a guru in any, any of this right. but yeah, i do think like see, like diet as well yeah you know yeah. because it all impacts your mood so mm-hmm. you, you know, are what you eat well yeah yeah you know and if, and if you're feeling a bit stressed you know it's easy to go for the kind of like the snacks and, mm-hmm. and all that and so you know if you you can get into a bit of a spiral where you know, you don't end up running or exercising, you start eating poor, so you just feel a bit sluggish, uh-huh. you know, you, you don't feel as uh, energetic and all of that has an impact, I think, on how you deal with problems. So, uh-huh. you know, definitely healthy body, healthy mind is yeah. something I would subscribe to. And uh, uh, over the years, you know, I've heard a lot of guys and girls have joined the team and uh, at different firms and you know, they've been quite sportier and I think that's you, you can take a lot from sport into to work and they've often maybe said um, I'm going to like scale back on that you know because the demands of work are too much mm-hmm. and I would always try and encourage them to, to try and find a way to 
to not do that because mm-hmm. some of the benefits from doing it are, are so worthwhile. Yeah, and people are able to, like you say, work better if they're feeling better in Why the mind it? and in yeah. the body. Yeah, completely. And, and in professional services, you know, you know, it's not a nine to five job, particularly if you, you know, yeah. want to progress as 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 well. Um, you know, would you say that is true? You know that to progress in professional services, not just an audit, you know, you do need to go above and beyond the kind of standard work hours in the contract. I think um, I would say, right, the, probably the key thing there is, you know, what are the expectations of you? Uh-huh. And if you want to get promoted, right, then you need to be clear what the expectations are for the role you're in uh-huh. and then you're it's much easier to exceed those expectations yep. and if you exceed them then you're going to be in a great place a great opportunity to, to get promoted um, if that's your goal that doesn't necessarily mean you just work every just hour, work more hours, hours right? yep. because when we talk about working smarter not harder uh-huh. um, it, you know we are very much output driven as opposed to you know just being there uh-huh. um, and I think a lot of firms have shifted in their mindset and I think just generally right now we're much more output driven as a society as opposed uh-huh. to just uh, clocking in, clocking off, uh-huh. uh, so to speak. So I would definitely, if you're not clear what your expectations are, then I guess the question I would be asking of you is how can you exceed yeah. the expectations? Um, and you don't get to the end of the year and think, oh, I was in line for that promotion and then you find out or you're not getting it for X, Y, Z. You know that that's not a good place to be in. I've seen that happen to people in the past. So you know, I think you want to make sure you nail that. It then comes back to said like you know, are you delivering? And mm-hmm. I've always found you know with the the way we are in professional services, particularly in audit, you know, you're kind of fortunate that you are able to really flex your your diary. Yeah, and, you know significantly you know it's it's like give and take so uh-huh. for example we touched on young family so you know we're coming into christmas so they'll be like you know there's school performances uh-huh. they're always during working hours your uh-huh. core working hours but you can you yeah. make that a priority to get to uh-huh. that might mean you do those two or three hours at night uh-huh. or at some other time to catch up uh-huh. um but you know from my point of view i'm happy to do that because uh-huh. you know I'd rather be there. At Gives you the balance that exactly. you're looking for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and we're pretty trusting with our team on, on that. You know, let them go and do it if they're if they're delivering, which is you know, is, is a nice place to be. Gives people a bit of autonomy. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. And and on kind of on you know autonomy and thinking of commerciality in the past as well and and progression. One thing that people. In, professional services need to do well, particularly if they want to get into commercial roles or director or partner roles to network. Um, can you maybe say a bit about networking in terms of, has it evolved for you over time in terms of how you've approached it um, and, and how you've found it to be most effective for you yeah. as well? Yeah, it was de- it's definitely evolved, right? So when I, yeah, you know, when I moved, I was probably doing a lot of networking before I joined Josh Michael without really realizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but when I moved here, you know, I had a bit more capacity at the start because I didn't have you know the client portfolio wasn't as fully developed, you know, and I was 
signing up to go to all sorts of events, which was good, you know, yeah, and yeah. go back and change that. But you know, it was there was a bit of a joke between me and a couple of other guys here, it was like you'd go to the opening of an envelope at, <laughs> at this point, you know. So, yeah. but I was just going out there and connecting, and and to be honest, now you probably have to be a bit more. You can be a bit more selective about mm-hmm. you know what's worthwhile going mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. um, in terms of going to these events, staying informed, and getting the name your name out there. Um, but the biggest network you'll ever have is the peers mm. that you work with, mm-hmm. and you know that can be people you've worked with in other f- in the firms. And so my, I've always tried to when I've moved on from Baker Tilly and then EY, really tried not to burn any bridges yep. there because you know the market is a small community. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not know them or somebody. You know, there's always somebody who knows someone. So mm-hmm. you know, I think if you leave in good terms, then that bit of networking actually comes back and, and pays off and been fortunate that there's definitely been referrals made because mm-hmm. of left in good terms that uh, certainly would have been made if, if that had been a different outcome. Um, and then you have people that you you know would be sitting uh, working with and yeah. um, you know then they go off and become a, a client who's to purchase services, mm-hmm. a potential client mm-hmm. who's looking to purchase services. So staying in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy as well if you get on with each other. Yeah, you know? of course. So <laughs> if um, you've worked together in, in, and that doesn't mean I've got plenty of uh, peers who now are partners in other firms and mm-hmm. um, who still stay in contact with because you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit like right now we're in competition, we can't, mm-hmm. can't talk to each other mm-hmm. anymore. You know? mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just be that natural. Um, yeah, I think that's... Um, what you learn when you go out there and you're kind of vulnerable and you know meeting competitors um, having relationships with them you kind of also find that people do want to help others that they know well if they can you know would you say that's that's true Uh, definitely definitely Um, you know people will make an effort you know if they you know right can open a door for you here or come on in see can maybe put you in contact, make make a referral. There's mm-hmm. a lot of that that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so again, just staying in contact with people. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is we haven't caught up for a while. Mm-hmm. We've had to catch mm-hmm. up. Um, that that happens. Um, the other you know the other point is you know over your career you're going to work with a lot of different people from a client side. So if you've delivered well mm-hmm. to them, then there's a pretty good opportunity that some point down the line they'll pick up the phone or email yep. you and say look mm-hmm. fancy coming out might have an opportunity that might be right for you mm-hmm. a lot of that happens but you can never like put a time yeah. when that happens yeah know? I think people need to think about the long term game in some ways you know you know, don't have these relationships just hoping that something will come yeah. your way in the next 12 months it might be a lot longer than that but it's good to have the relationships yeah, yeah. and yeah yeah, if there's stuff that you're genuinely passionate and interested about, you know, you should get involved in, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, you know, people sometimes will, you know, join like a, maybe an ICAST panel or something like that, or mm-hmm. the ICAST foundation. Mm-hmm. And if you're passionate about doing that, you should go and do mm-hmm. it. And that is all part of building a network mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think I would probably like say in my view, would, would maybe try and avoid doing stuff because you feel like it ticks a good box. So um, going to maybe irrelevant events yeah do you mean or? yeah going to the events or if you're going to like um you know you can be a trustee of a charity and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. 
do it because you've got a passion about it. Don't do it because you feel like, oh, this will look good on the, the CV and get me, Yeah. you know, I can <laughs> use that to, to get up, I would say, because mm-hmm. um, I think the long, long run that won't really like play it well, but. Yeah, yeah, no, great. And I guess networking, you know, people are going to have a first impression of you, right? So it's just, which is always important. And talking about first impressions, sometimes they don't go well. As, as well, right? And and then you've maybe, depending on the person, you've maybe had to do a bit of work to kind of make that situation better. Can you think of any examples maybe where first impressions, for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's not been great, but then it's got better maybe over over time? Like how uh, how, you, yeah. uh, how would people how would people approach that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it comes down to people, right? But I mean, over your career, you always come against situations where it's quite challenging and um, yeah. I think of a couple right one where you know just been put onto this client engagement it would have been a senior manager at the time and uh, I phoned them and they were just pretty frustrated with things so I was on the receiving end of mm-hmm. um, their frustrations mm-hmm. to say, which you know it could have been like oh this is pretty unfair you know he doesn't know me I don't know them mm-hmm. um, but you know you, you just have to sometimes listen to people uh-huh, uh-huh. and understand where they're coming from. So it's trying to see their perspective. You know, what is it they're frustrated about? In this case, it was just communication. Uh-huh. Um, so that's quite easy to fix. So when you kind of listen to that and can talk it through and they wanted this engagement uh, finished a bit quicker. So, you know, okay, you can go and see what you can do in that. So, and then you start to kind of build a bit of a relationship there because you've actually Get, get a bit of credibility because mm-hmm. you've spoken to them, you've communicated well, and by you know the next time you come round, you know, actually like it's a much better yeah, relationship, a warmer one, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you you'll have situations like that, but you know, quite often because it is service related, um, there will be times that you know you, you you'll get a client that is maybe wants to, is maybe frustrated with how things are are going. Um, and so you, it's very easy to get defensive in that situation, but I think you know, my view is always just try and listen to their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there'll be a, a difference of opinion, but I think quite often things can be worked through once, once you listen. Um, but another one as well, I remember, I think it was a manager at the time, and there was an audit engagement that had a pr- quite a bad reputation about, about it in terms of, um, you know, over the last couple of years, the other mm-hmm. team hadn't enjoyed working with it, and um, so the in, anyone that was booked onto it was a bit like, "Oh no, not that Aye. job." <laughs> and uh, I remember the partner at the time said, "Look, can you go in and just see if you can find turn the dynamics around here and try and change the impression from this being a poor job to being a job that people enjoy working on?" Mm-hmm. And um, like it, it, it took quite a bit of time, but we just tried to build a bit of. Rapport. We tried to make sure we were sticking to, well, we stuck to the timetable. We uh-huh. made sure we were delivering from that aspect. So the service was was working. But then we we really focused as well on like the team uh-huh. and trying to get a bit of a team spirit going. Uh-huh. You know, and, and we managed to build up to the point that after the second and the third year, you know, people were like, "Oh yes, I'm on that one. That's a good yeah. team because you know the dynamics were good." So. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can change it, but probably the key thing is understanding why there's a problem. Just listening, yeah, and address, listening. addressing what you yeah you hear yeah. is the problem. Yeah, 
yeah. no, that's good. That's good advice. Um, kind of as we come towards the end of the, the of this this um, episode, um, there's been quite a change in the professional services market um, with with some large organisations receiving private equity money, with some large organisations over hiring and then having to make cuts, particularly in advisory um, teams, and then you've got AI, you kind of the technology of the year and and one that doesn't look like it's it's gonna go anywhere um you know what's your uh, your thoughts on all of that you in, in any order really yeah, that yeah. you want to talk about Honestly, yeah there's a lot, a lot, there's there. A lot there to go. I, mean, <laughs> I suppose the overriding theme is change mm-hmm, right and mm-hmm. um i think as i said up front i've been here been working for over 17 years now um and there's been a huge amount of change in that time i mean i think when i first started so we would pick up AI when I first started we were paper based audit files uh-huh. within a year uh, we were introducing uh, computer based uh, audit files at that point and now firms are on to you know fourth fifth iteration of that um, and I think what we're seeing is you know, a good analogy is that you know if you look at an audit today and everything we do there's multiple technologies out there using AI um, uh-huh. that will replace a bit of what we do. But that's all going to happen gradually. And it'll be a step change. So, But it'll happen quite fast. And then probably if you look back in five, 10 years from now, the audits that will be delivered as standard then will be quite significantly yeah. different. Uh-huh. Um, so it's just about how you adapt to that change. Um, but again, it's the same way the audits we do today are quite significantly different from the audits we did 10, 15 years yeah, ago in yeah. terms of our use of technology, um, how we collect data, some of the, the risks, I mean, the IT risk environment mm-hmm. has just increased drastically yeah. over, over that time. So the risk profile changes, so then you've got to like adapt to that um, from an AI perspective. So I think we'll see more change, it'll be quite fast change, but we've already had a heck of a lot of change already. in the last, <laughs> yeah. the last decade or so. I think the other question is about you know the the market. Mm. There has been a lot of change. Um, you know, there's there is quite a lot of private equity money coming in. It's not just in the UK; it's internationally as well. So, you know, I think that will probably continue. Um, I think it'll one of the the points there will be if the um, in terms of the investment that's required to keep up with the pace of change. I think that might determine the, the level of investment, if any, that, that comes into firms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you need to have, some of it is born out of succession planning as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if there isn't a, an actual successor coming through in an organization, then you know, that, what other options do you have if that's the stage mm-hmm. you're at? So I think we are fortunate in the sense that um, we've got a good pipeline that's coming through. Um, so from a succession point of view, we're kind of looking after that. Uh, but who knows what, what will happen? Um, yeah. Um, I think there's probably space in the market for both. And, and um, certainly at the moment anyway, I think clients that we speak to anyway like the fact that we are owner managed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the people that set the policy, the people they're speaking to. So yeah. I, I think they, they like that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, technology is definitely going to have a factor in, in what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you touched on resource, I guess, in terms of you know some of the the markets are definitely maybe toughening up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, just now. So, 
I think the, the key message there is that there's always opportunities in audit um, <laughs> and you know that's probably I think undersold itself a lot um, mm. and historically it's you know I, I understand people training it and they want to experience something different but we've had a lot of people in our team have actually gone out done something different whether that's a role in industry role in corporate finance and you know come back mm-hmm. into audit uh, and so yeah I think that actually is a good thing um, mm-hmm. they've got that different experience they have a different perspective but they can bring that back into the role so mm-hmm. um, you know there's obviously a few people I'm sure are going through you know maybe a bit of a difficult process just now but mm-hmm. um, there's definitely plenty of opportunities and there's great you know career progression opportunities that come with that as well and all yeah. that so yeah definitely you know it's, you always kind of know where the level you're at what you can aim for next so I think mm-hmm. that's, that's a big clear positive as well yeah. Great. Well, just as we wrap up, um, I'd like to ask, uh, in the next 12 months, um, is there any personal or, or career goals that you have to achieve? Oof, that is, that is <laughs> <laughs> and if there's not, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think um, we've got, so in the team, we've got, got a couple of people coming through um, into senior positions. So I think from a work point of view, I'd like them to you know, progress nicely and that'll mean we've got a nice senior leadership team within our audit practice. So mm-hmm. and to complement what we already have. So I think yeah, key focus will be making sure that is all embedded and mm-hmm. nicely. Um I, I think we just hopefully continue to promote the the JC brand out in the market. Um and personally as well, you know, I really want to get uh, get my ten K time down to something that I used to be able to do. Right. So, <laughs> um, if I can stay fit and uh, and get that get that that time down, that'd be good. So well, can you see what number you like to get? Well, to I'd, I'd like to get it to forty five minutes. Right. Okay. Sub forty five minutes. Yeah, wow. That'd be so great. that'd be good. But mm-hmm. I need to actually do a bit of training mm-hmm. for that. So. Good. Well, good luck with that and uh, with the work. And uh, you know, always great to to chat with you, James when we when we meet. So, thanks again for your your time. Thanks, Greg. Pleasure to be involved. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Professional Speaks podcast. Remember, you can watch the episode recording on our YouTube channel, and if you can, please do subscribe and share with all of your friends. The more people who listen to this, the more guests we can have on to share, so that you can learn be inspired, grow, and ultimately succeed in what you want to achieve in your career. Please also contact me if you have any feedback on this episode. I'd love to hear from you.